calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again, it's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this. Welcome to another edition of The Flow. And let me remind you, we record this sucker live every Tuesday. And if you don't come, you have no idea what you just missed. So make sure you come and check it out because it was awesome. Anyway, I'm your community manager, Doc Rock from Ecamm, along with my awesome co-host. Hey, I'm Katie Fox. Today, we have a topic that kind of came from you guys. When I did my Mastering Interviews class, one of the things we talked about towards the end was how to be a guest on a different show. And what's really cool is when you did the write-up on your post on LinkedIn, you actually mentioned that, and maybe you sent that out in the email this morning, but you mentioned like one of the best ways to get your practice in is by being a guest. And you mentioned like it's a good way to like muster up your confidence or whatever. Yeah. As you know, I'm not really a lack of confidence person. It's still good practice. However, I hadn't really thought of doing my own show or whatever at the time. And I was a guest on somebody's show and I'm the opposite. I see something to go, I can do that and maybe end up in the hospital or broke something. But that's just my personality. Since I was a child, I would see anything, you know, I saw Batman and Robin jump out the window. I put a towel on my neck and jumped out the window into the bush. And I had to poke all the little rose things out of my backside and, and still got a belt. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just always been me. I'm always, let's, let's see what happens, an experimental type person. But you're right. It is the same thing. Like, just seeing somebody else do it made me think I could do it. And that's basically how I got into this. So... I hadn't really thought of it that way, but you're right. I just told me it was a good way to get yourself out there and build that network. 
think about this. We are both going to be absent next week. Mm -hmm. And we said, oh, what are we going to do about next week's show? Well, one of the people who I was a guest on their show, I watched them run the show. So I trust them enough. I'm, hey, can you host next Tuesday? Absolutely. So again, that's building your network. We talked about pod swaps back in like episode seven or eight. Yeah. And same thing, like that pod swap is a good way to build that network and get your show out there. So super excited to dive into this. Yeah. And I think too, like as I was thinking about today's topic during Leap into Podcasting last year, which if you didn't catch any of those sessions, we still have replay passes available. So we're more than happy to get you in so you can access that content. But one thing that really resonated with me from that virtual conference and that event was during Kirk's session, he talked a lot about he had had a podcast. He just had failed basically at that podcast. He was talking a lot about like, you know, failure and overcoming failure. And one of the ways that he was able to get back into it and get back into a groove and really build like the effective and amazing show that he has now was he went on like a podcast guest journey. World tour. (laughs) Yeah. He was on a world tour, a podcast world tour where he just basically set himself a mission. And he was like, before I jump in and start my podcast up again and dive back into this, I want to be a guest on everyone's podcast. Like I want to, he had set this number. He had gone out of his way to just be the best possible guest. And he was able to take everything he learned along that journey. So in addition to all of the amazing experience that he was getting and the practice and building up his confidence and building up his network, he was also able to pull tips and tricks on how everyone else was running their podcast, right? So again, when you're a guest, not only are you learning how to be a guest, but you're learning what makes other people's shows successful. Everyone's going to have a different process. They're all going to have a different tech check. Some are going to be video. Some are going to be audio only. Some are going to be live stream like what we're doing. It really will give you an amazing idea and understanding of what's possible and amazing ideas that you'll be able to pull into your own show or updates and tweaks that you can make. Just last week, I guess it was, I was a a guest on Elsie's podcast with the Libsyn team. Shout out to them. They're incredible. And they do their sound check and tech check. They do it live into a closed Facebook group, which is something that we've talked about a bunch and we, we have done like in kind of testing here and there, but I had forgotten about it. And it's not something that we do for our show, but I was like, it's fun to be able to kind of see and talk with people who are in the comments and see those comments coming up as a guest. And, uh, you know, I'm sure her as a host, as well as be able to practice and test everything out. And I just took note of that as like, oh, maybe at some point we might want to consider doing that for the flow or, you know, that's something that maybe for guests might give them a better understanding of what the live streaming experience will be like as well. So Correct. I think it's an amazing, I think it's an amazing topic and there's so many benefits to being a guest that it's really worth, we would challenge each and every one of you to, to go out and be a guest on as many different podcasts as you can, right? See, now we have a reason to convince the guys to add in the ability to stop a particular stream once we start it, right? Well, Discord wouldn't matter. We don't have to turn it off, right? Discord yeah. is easy, you just leave. Yeah. Um, but with some of the other platforms, if we had a pre-show in a different platform, that would be kind of cool. And just real quick before we get into this, I just want to explain to people, one of the reasons why I push that we do this just as a YouTube thing and not do the whole multicasting thing is I strongly believe, and people think I'm crazy, but I kind of know what I'm doing. I strongly believe that it, when you do the multicasting thing, you take the group and you break them up. The awesomeness that you guys had in the pre-show, the folks that are here for the pre-show, the awesomeness that you all get to hang out and, and be together, 
is really fun. I know that's part of the reason why you guys show up. Part of the other reason is because Katie's going to teach you something. The other reason is because I'm hella cute. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> imagine you're by yourself on LinkedIn and everyone else is conversating on YouTube. And yes, you can get up and switch platforms. But part of the reason why people don't do that is they're afraid they're going to miss something. If you have multiple devices, you can start the other device before you switch. Not everybody else is in that position. And this is the one that works in the car, right? Mm -hmm. Because YouTube works really, really well in the car. Facebook does not, nor does, you know, LinkedIn or Twitch or any other one. So even if you're driving, I run live streams all the time. Heather and Tom are talking. I got them on the seat. I'm yelling things out the window. When I get to the red light, I do a voice comment. And that's why it's always typed funny. And by the time they get to read my comment is way off, but <laughs> Tom knows me well enough to get the drift. So I'm forever using this in the car. So that's why we do it this way, people. And yeah. I, I strongly suggest, especially when you're just starting out, don't get caught up in the idea that if I go to seven places and I get two people from each of those seven places, I have 14 people. You'd be better to have five concentrated on YouTube than 14 spread over it. Just trust me on that. There's other reasons to do it when you're marketing or cross-promoting, but just focus on that. Anyway, so let's talk about this real quick. One of the first things you should absolutely do is understand your USP, uh, your unique you know, selling proposition or whatever you want to call it, what it is that sets you apart from the other folks out there. Mm -hmm. And then to me, this is the most hyper important. I've been requesting that my students right now practice this because when we were at POV, when someone gets asked to come to the mic and then, you know, Roberto or Judy or someone says, hey, well, what do you do? Well, I, um, eh, I just melt. I literally <laughs> want to fall out of my chair at that exact moment. Right. Yeah. So you have to have that elevator pitch crafted so well. You should be able to speak blurt it out when you stub your toe on the couch. Yeah. And once you have it, maybe this is a little bit too far down the line, but I'm going to say this now anyway. One thing that I think is really important that so few people have, once you've decided that you want to do this thing, you want to be a guest, you've figured out you know, what that proposition is, you have that like one sentence talking point, who you are, why, why you, write it down. Write it down into a shareable document, a Google Doc, a, a box note, whatever it is that's shareable, a website if you have a website, so that as you start pitching yourself and as you start connecting with people, once they say yes, or once you have them and they're hooked, their immediate question is going to be, great, I'd love to get it set up. Can you send me a headshot and your bio? <laughs> right? And I cannot tell you how many people suck at this, like present company included. You're like, oh, great. Uh, you know, I'll get that back to you. And then, you know, they send a bio that's a page long, or they send something that's written in first person. And like, what you don't realize is that you're making more work for the host to have to cut it down to the one sentence, which is all they really want and need, or have to change it from first person into third person, or wait for you to be able to send something along when they really just want to be promoting their show. So once you have it, which is absolutely the first step, write it down, right? Like even if you don't get around to sharing it later, have it written down somewhere so that you are not stumbling digitally either. So like if someone says yes to you or says that they want to get to know you better, you have it. You can copy and paste it and send it over. You can send them a link so that you are able to get that information out there. But yeah, I agree. I think it, it's a hard thing. One of the great places to do this is your Canvas, your Adobe Express sort of 
application is you build what's called the one sheet. Anybody that's ever been in and around the industry working with models or talent of any sort, you have seen these things called the one sheet. It's called the Z card in the modeling industry. But yes, it's basically a thing. And it's cool online because they can grab pieces, right? So you have your photo, you have your bio, you have any relevant work, places where you've been published, almost like a CV, right? Your curriculum vitae, if you have that. And then links to your online presence, your socials, like the whole nine yards. That can be a single page on a website. If you have a website, if you don't have a website, you can create something like this in Canva and yep. save it as a PDF with clickable links. That's the key. If you're going to send it to somebody as a PDF, save it as a PDF with clickable links. If you're really, really cool about this and you have an application like Text Expander or a Keyboard Maestro or some of these other text completions, you can simply make it a shortcut where you open the email that reply to and you go, come a come a bio. Frack! And it just puts the whole thing out in one fell swoop. So yes, that online presence in your outreach materials. That's the best way to call it. I didn't even have this in the notes, but I should put this in there. Please, 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 especially if you haven't done it in like the last two years, spend the time, the effort, and the money to go get some pro headshots. Like you can find a photographer in your neighborhood that could just take you outside. It's summertime for most of you people or spring or whatever the heck. It's, it's summer all year long to me. <laughs> And, you know, think about, you know, how you want to present yourself. So what I did is I have some that's in the T-shirt, some that's in the hoodie. You know, I'm never doing the button up polo one again, but figure out how you want to present yourself and send some incredible shots. I've had people who are very, very talented at what they do. And when they send me these really low res headshots, I'm super irked. I'm like, it's going to mess up my thumbnail. My thumbnail game is pretty tight. I don't want to put crappy images on my thumbnail. Or only send, like, or when people only send across, like, a black and white image. And you're like, okay. <laughs> but, like, my, you know, my thumbnail or my graphic, like, looks weird with black and white images in it. Or, like, my image is in color and now yours is a black. So, yeah, you really need to be thinking through, like, options and what the end result is. So that, again, the ask on being a guest is not as hard as the follow through on being an amazing guest. Even though there are millions of podcasts out there and millions of opportunities out there, you know, within your niche, it's going to be a smaller space. So like the, the more you nail that experience and are a better guest all the way through, the more all of those hosts are recommending you for other shows. Like, you know, every time that they're asked by one of their, you know, colleagues or friends or contacts, you know, wh where did you find your guests? You know, I, I need a guest for my upcoming show. Like you want to be the one that they recommend as well so that you have that experience all the way through. And the more easy and professional you can make that experience, the better. It's something you can automate once you, once you set it all right. up once, then it's super easy, right? Like Doc was saying, docrock.live slash headshots. Like I don't even have to ask Doc anymore where to find things. <laughs> like I know, I know what all the short links are for everything to be able to send it across. And actually I need to combine the headshot and the bio. Now, one of our people, um, I wish he was here today, Evie. Evie did something dope and I still haven't done it, but now I, I don't know why, because ChatGPT can totally help me. <laughs> she has the... 100 character bio, the 200 character bio, the 500 character bio, and then the bio bio, yeah. right? And it's on the same page. 
family, you guys can do this. You can take your bio and then go into chat GPT and ask it to give you some bios of a different link. You can give it your full on bio and then tell it, you know, to sort of, you know, generate others. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So please, please, please put your one sheet together. The person shouldn't have to ask you when you go to posit the question, you can say, if this sounds okay with you, here is a link to all the relevant data that you may need. I've had certain people go as far as to put a little FAQ on their one sheet, if you have the space for it. And what that FAQ will do is cover like for, for Tatiana, right? It would cover like, these are the questions about education that I'm getting the most right now. And here's a basic answer to it. You want them to generate their own questions. I hate when people pre ask me questions. I want my interview to be organic. Uh, but if for some reason they just feel comfortable that way, whatever, like I'll yell at them later. Everybody that came to my class knows that I hate preloaded questions, right, Tati? <laughs> <laughs> She was in my class. Uh, that's why I just picked on her. I love it. I love it. All right. So if we've convinced people, hopefully at this point, that being a podcast guest is a really great thing to do for a variety of different reasons, from practicing to visibility, to confidence, to networking and branding and everything in between ideas for your own show, what's the best way to find the best podcasts to be on? Like, how do you how do you figure out which are the most helpful, the best ones to be on both for you and as for you being a good fit for the podcast you're applying to? Okay. So there's a couple different resources. My go-to resource is Podchaser. You go to Podchaser, you can find podcasts in your niche. You basically need to do a little research. You want to yep. find podcasts in your niche or where the audience you want to reach out to, the audience you want to connect with, where they might be, where yep. they might live. So podcast directory searching and social media platforms are a fantastic way to do this. If you have a hashtag that you use, not for your own personal stuff, but something you used to study what's going on in your industry. And if you aren't studying your industry by, by hashtags by now, we got a whole different situation. But you go and you search for that and then they will post things and you will find them. And here's a cool one. I'm going to pop this into the chat right now. There is a website known as matchmaker.fm. And Matchmaker FM is like a directory where you can put yourself to be available for pot swaps, if you will. Perfect. There's a couple different other ones out there. Matchmaker is the first one that popped in my head. So I'll leave that there. If I can figure out what the rest of them are sometime in the next 10 minutes, we'll, we'll drop them in the show notes. Yeah, exactly. You could always do what there's a thing in Google, which a lot of people don't know. You type in alternative to space matchmaker.fm and it will give you the other apps that are very similar to do this. So yes, Paul is very correct. It's like dating pod match. Thank you. It's like dating services <laughs> yeah. for podcasts. Thank you, Katie. Katie said pod match. Yes, yeah. there you go. Pod match is another one. So you got pod chaser, matchmaker, FM, pod match, and there's plenty more. Find these things. A lot of them are free. Some of them are paid and set yourself up to be out there. I just did Twitter again. So here's what's been super great about that. I, in the last year, I've been a guest host on Twit probably like eight, nine times. 
And so now I'm getting other people that are sort of twit adjacent. Hey, yeah. can you come in? That was really cool. Can you be on my show? Right. So sometimes just getting on the right show, other people will start asking you stuff. And this might be a fun fact, you guys. All you guys that, you know, have to learn things from the bald headed smashing pumpkin looking dude, uh, Alec Johnson, you know where I found him? I was a guest host on Twit and he goes, I want to know about Ecamm. And then now we're stuck with him. <laughs> we love <laughs> so you, Alec. That, that's how it works. The high yeah. of Alec Johnson. <laughs> I'm teasing. That's that's my. I point. think that's a really. I think that's a really good point. I mean, you really only need probably, let's say, two or three, or maybe even one really great podcast interview, and you're actively promoting it to your network, and you know, and it gets you out there in front of the exact audience that you're looking to be in front of. If you nail that experience as a guest, and you show up prepared and professional, and you deliver value to that person's listeners and viewers then yeah, there are people in those audiences who likely also have shows and networks and, you know, and opportunities for you. So making yourself available, setting yourself up for success and then nailing that interview as best as you're able to is going to help you get more and more of those opportunities going forward. Because by and large, most podcasts, even if they don't have regular guests, have guests here and there, right? So I think there's a ton of opportunities out there. You just really need to make sure that you're delivering on the entire experience from start to finish and that you're really excited and enthusiastic about that experience. I get people all the time on LinkedIn asking, you know, once I share that, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I was on Elsie's show last week and it was so much fun. And here's, you know, here's a follow-up clip from it. Here's some stuff that I learned even as a guest being on that show. Inevitably, I have people sending me a DM that says, oh, hey, I saw you on, you know, on that podcast or I saw you talking about that podcast. Would you be up for being a guest on mine? Or do you want to talk about Ecamm? Or do you want to talk about podcasting? You want to talk about chickens? <laughs> With my, right? I have all these like different sides of me because I'm available and I put myself out there on all these different platforms. And so people know, again, what I can speak to with a level of confidence. And I put that out there through the kind of content that I'm sharing and in the places and spaces that I'm sharing it. So I think being available and being a good guest from A to Z is going to help you really be able to get there. Before we leave, this is very important. Make sure you listen to a couple episodes of that show to see yeah, that and, and you understand their target and their format. Because, for instance, like if if someone were to come onto my show and they weren't a fan of the fruity language, hey, you should never came on my show because I'm a fruit language. You know, there'll be all kinds of <laughs> like Morse code. Somebody's in the doctor. No, so um, what, what's what's the next one that I I think we should go? Oh, I know. Um, this one's a little harder. I say it's important, but I, if you're not at this stage yet, it's okay. Work towards this. I just want to, you know, I want to take away any chance of possible freak out ahead of time, but you want to start generating a consistent brand image. So you will be known for what you're known for. Okay. So this is a real challenge for me, right? For instance, on my LinkedIn, I recently updated. I'm trying to look at it real quick while I do it. I noticed you doing that. I was wondering if you're going to talk about it. Yeah. My on my LinkedIn, I recently updated because right now, and I'm still trying to figure out what's the right way to do this. On my LinkedIn, it just had my name, right? And then most people don't know that. So that completely throws people off, 
right? They're like, I'm looking for Doc Rock, but I keep finding this Sean Boyd guy. <laughs> What's Thank going you. on? So after a conversation with Judy, she said, go in there and put Doc Rock in like uh, parentheticals in the middle, right? So I did that. Well, quotations. So I did that. And then what happened was when you go to search for Doc Rock prior, you would get all kinds of weirdos, a couple of geologists, one dude who <laughs> talks about like the space cat, you know, coming in to pick everybody up and take them to a better place. Sure. And I was like, yo, man, I don't want people thinking that's me. So I had to basically go out, do this. So if you search for your name only, if that's your brand recognition and it's not coming up in LinkedIn, there's things you can do to adjust that. I wish you would look that up. And the other thing which has been a challenge is as I'm going out there to get more speaking gigs and sort of develop the public speaker side of things, it's probably going to be in my best interest to take off community manager at Ecamm. Why? That doesn't really book as much podcasting guests because a lot of shows that would be great have no idea what we are or what a community manager does or whatever. The type of podcast gigs I'm getting right now, though, can you come and talk to us about building community? Yeah. And that's because they're searching on LinkedIn. I have a friend right now and she is a highly qualified uh, diversity trainer, but her LinkedIn bio says executive broker at EXP Realty. And she's like, I'm not booking these diversity training gigs that I want. I'm having a hard time. And how do I get more gigs? I'm like, take the realtor thing off. I've never seen a single lead come through my real estate page on LinkedIn. Yeah. I've had a real estate page on LinkedIn for over 20 years almost, and I've never gotten a lead from that. So people don't look for their realtors on LinkedIn. So take that crap off. Yeah, we were all trained like years ago when LinkedIn was almost entirely for job searching, that it was like an online resume, right? You had to have your actual titles. You had to have you know the dates of when you did this to when you did this so that people could like a resume be able to follow your you know professional track that is not the case anymore you are not lying or stretching the truth or doing anything untoward by putting what you are or your unique qualifiers on your LinkedIn. There are lots of people who, instead of putting their title below, say that like, I help people create better video podcasts, <laughs> right? Like put that one line bio of who you are and what you do and what makes you different as your LinkedIn title. It doesn't have to be your day job or your job at all. You know, If it's what you can speak to with a level of expertise, if that's what you want to use LinkedIn to go after, then yeah, 100%. I mean, it it is a social platform. It's a professional social platform, but I think you can you can put what you are and think about the words that you choose and how that shows up to someone who's searching. Don't lie. Don't put Doc Rock, children's magician, and I help also <laughs> sing and dance and what you know. Like don't don't put something that's completely not what you are. Oh, my but- children's magic would be awesome, <laughs> dear parents. You want me to show you how to get your kids to sit down and shut the <laughs> up? Yeah, I can do that. Uncle Doc is really good at drill sergeant. Um, you know, like, I, Katie, you just made me think of something. Because we have been so heavily podcaster focused recently and something that we're growing, the thing about director of marketing at Ecamm is it attracts people to call you and ask you dumb stuff that you don't want to deal with. Yeah. So you should change it to, I help yeah. people make better video podcasts. Oh, yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot and I've had people making a bunch of just suggestions. Well, I will tell you, according to Judy, it's the thing to do. <laughs> It's the thing to do. I also struggle with 
And maybe, maybe some of you have this problem as well that like I have a Twitter account that I opened back. I don't, I don't even know, like back when like Twitter was brand new and I never use Twitter. Like I use Twitter to search things, but I don't often tweet. The only times that I'm tweeting are like years ago when I'm traveling or watching like terrible TV shows and I want to talk about it. And because I have taken way too long to do what I just told you to do, organize my bio and my headshots and my like one page of valuable information, inevitably I have interviews that I do and businesses and shows who will tag my Twitter because I have not provided them Mm -hmm. accurately with the information and they find me and they tag me in that. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, now I look horrible because when people click through, they see like you know, me with like my bowling pin and like a data from five years ago is the last time that I tweeted. So if you don't provide them that information up front or you don't provide it accurately, Doc is a hundred percent right. Like they are going to fill in those gaps because they want to have a good show and they're just trying to check the boxes and get it done. Likely it's an admin that's helping them or, you know, or a VA or a team member. They've been told to find the Twitter links, put in the LinkedIn information, grab the links, grab the bio, grab the headshots. If you don't give them all of that up front, it will get filled in for you and it may not be the exact fit that you want it to be. So yeah, I am definitely working towards figuring out like what that looks like for me and how to make those updates as my career has shifted over the last little bit and my focus and the kinds of stuff that I want to go after. So I would definitely challenge you all to do the same. This is super, this is super, super important. If you aren't clear on who or what you are trying to be, no one else is going to be clear on it for you. So you will get asked to do the craziest things that have nothing to do with your space. And if you happen to be a yes person, that's where all your sidetracking come from. You know what I'm saying? So for instance, I still get calls all the time about, oh, can you DJ this party for me or can you do it? And I'm like, no. And they're like, why? I was like, man, have you watched my socials in the last, you know, like year or two? And they're like, yeah, but I thought maybe you were still. And I was like, no, this clear, simple. I am a full time content creator. It's not my focus. Yeah. I don't do any of that stuff. And it's going to take a while, maybe, but once it's a known quantity, it's a known quantity, right? So, like, no one's going to speak to Diana about coming on to the show to talk about dark chocolate. <laughs> that conversation <laughs> would be like, nope, nope, may the Lord bless you and keep you always. Nope, <laughs> that'll be it. That'll be the entire show. Okay, thank you, Diana. We'll see you next week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, if you have to be very clear on what you want to do, and if you're not, This is ruining your business right now. Just trust you, me. This is absolutely ruining your business right now because people are unclear on what it is that you do. You have to get clear. And I want to cover this real quick just because Hank mentioned it. Uh, The clearer you get, the faster you open up the lanes for you to possibly make some money at what you're doing. Yeah. Because let's put it this way. I'm not going to... Paul, who is an amazing moderator, like the absolute best moderator that I've ever seen to ask him questions about my podiatry issues. I'm not going to let Paul cut my feet. <laughs> yep. So when you're, when you're the jack of all trades and master of none, eventually the novelty of that wears off. And I bring this up all the time because everybody that has one knows this to be true, whether they want to admit it or not. SUVs suck. When you need a car, it's too big because you can't get a good space for it. When you need to carry a four by eight sheet of plywood, it's too small. 
because yep. you can't fit it in there. And it's expensive, so you could have bought a car and a truck and been way better off, and you have two vehicles. Yeah. But every single one of us that is, I did it. I did it. Trust me. Every single one of us that's ever wasted a dime on an SUV realize it's never small enough and never big enough. So don't be a Swiss Army knife, people. Yeah. You no, want to be a chef knife. <laughs> All right. I want to cover this real quick. I think it's important that we get out there and we find ways to network with these podcast hosts. Things like PodFest and Podcast Movement. Uh, podcast Movement is Denver this go around? Yep. Yeah, in Denver. Man, even if you can't get there physically, they always have virtual passes. If you're getting into this podcast game, putting yourself in events like that, go to your area neighborhood, right? So maybe there's a Bay Area meet podcasters meetup. Find that sucker. It exists. Meetup.com. Go to look for it, right? If you happen, you know, to live in the Dallas Fort Worth, what is it, DFW area? Go look. Do do they have like a big Texas steak slinging podcasters meetup or something? Right. Go find that thing and then get yourself in there. When we were at Movement last year, and like the Dallas people were in the building, why it's in their neighborhood, but they're out there. And I'm thinking like, do these guys link up? Do they connect? Do they have a uh, a little thing that, that exists. And if there's not one in your neighborhood, fam, you can create one and don't cost you nothing. All you got to do is go out there in social media and find people that live near you and bless it up, right? You can generate a user's group of podcasters in your neighborhood, create a Facebook page. You know, we have a thing called Hawaii Podcasters, right? My friend Ryan set it up. And that way you can find local guests or people you can actually meet with and learn from each other. So, you know, the best way to get out there is you have to put yourself out there. No one's sitting back there hunting for you because you ain't that dope, fam. You just ain't. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. I'm just I'm looking through all of your notes. I think we've actually covered most of this, even though we've been we've been on tangents today because spring and duck races and all, all kinds of funness. But <laughs> I did want to say this because Karen insisted that I put this in there. <laughs> Karen, you're the best. I don't know why she's looking over my shoulder, but <laughs> I said, one of the things I have in my notes is pitch yourself as a podcast guest, right? You make a personal outreach message. You follow up with your pitch. You know, we get pitched every single day, right? Be open to any type of feedback that you get and adapt your pitch. But she said to me, well, what if they don't have any podcasting experience? Mm, I'm like, this is an excellent question. I don't, I don't talk to people like that. <laughs> but um, we thought about it. And so if you don't have any experience and I've had people do this, which is why I don't know why I didn't think of this. You can put yourself out there and ask an experienced podcaster to help you consider becoming a guinea pig for their content. I have completely done this and I had Jefferson on my show on Saturday. Jefferson is an elite photographer, uh, USA Today photojournalist. He has tons and tons and tons of like celebrities he's done photos with the the man is legit right but he's new to ecamm and yeah. i says dude you should come be a guest on my show one we could talk to my audience about using iphone photography and like using it as a creation tool and stop being afraid of this amazing piece of equipment you have in your pocket two you'll get a feeling of what it's like to run a show Yep. And he was like, okay, when can I be on? Like it was, he, he, he didn't even get a whole syllable out. He was done. And then, so I, I literally had him as a guest to show him how to run a show. And 
I don't know why that thought didn't come to me, but I don't want to hear any excuses. Like I don't have any experience because you can be a guinea pig. Well, and the cool thing to everyone watching and listening is that I, I'm fairly positive that a good 90% of you are current Ecamm customers and current Ecamm users. So you have the software to make videos. So if you have not yet been a guest, you could make an entire mock show, find a friend or a family member, make an entire mock show as a test video to show that you are capable. You'll learn from the experience. It will be fun to do. It'll be great shareable content. You could share it even or do it live within the Ecamm community if you want to test a safe space or extra people to jump on. Like there is nothing stopping you from just doing it and then using that to jumpstart your portfolio or your experience level. We used to do that all the time in the advertising space. You know, oh, I, I'm a new graphic designer. I'm a new copywriter. I don't have much to put into my portfolio yet. Cool. Show me what it would look like to mock up an ad for Coke. Are they an existing client? Heck no. Are they someone that I could grab their logo online and mock up what I could make a cool ad look like in a print magazine? Yep. (laughs) I could do that. I could put that in my portfolio. I can be really clear that this is a mock-up, that this isn't an actual ad, but this is the quality of work that I'm going to bring to you. Right. So it's the same thing as a podcast guest. You know, this is a mock up interview that I did. This is what I will deliver as a guest for you. Like, this is my value. Like, in the case of Jefferson, he knows everything about that topic. Right. So he could have come to you and said, like, I've never done this before. I've never been on, you know, on this kind of show before, but I can tell everyone everything that they need to know about photography. And I can answer all of the questions that I can deliver, you know, ABC content for your show. And again, this goes back to what you said previously, but having a good understanding of what the format and what the value is of that show and having listened and watched the show that you want to be on, you should be able to easily answer all of those questions. You want to be in the flow, you know, Doc and I talk about video podcasting. You, any of you could come to us and say, Hey, I have this thing, this thing, this thing that I think is really cool that I know your audience would love because I've seen your show. I know what kinds of questions they ask. I know what they're looking for. I will bring this to you as a guest and you can ask me these four questions. I'll deliver this content and this is what the experience would be like. That is an amazing pitch. You've just made it significantly easier for the host to say, oh yeah, I was going to cover that topic anyway, but having an expert on you know, takes my content up a level, makes my podcast better. So, so now you know, right? Because listen, imagine being new to podcasting, but you have a decent sized audience already. Imagine you are a weekly contributor to the local news station in San Francisco. And you say, not only will I make a good guinea pig, but my people will follow me and I'm going to bring a secondary and tertiary outreach of, you know, 50,000 folks. You're in, right? Imagine one of you guys has a decent audience of like educators and you put together the workshop because the script is very good for your industry and you put together the workshop and you ask, you know, Christiana or Kevin or somebody, hey, can you come in and uh, talk to these people and we'll record this and then you can use some of those recordings as promotional or training materials. Just, you know, talk to them and, and be willing to help. And so this is why when you're a guest, when people send you the swipe file, that's the, these are what I want you to post for me, that you're going to be a guest. Don't be like, I don't want to post this because I don't want people to see this because I'm going to be embarrassed because I'm going to suck and don't post it. That will guarantee get you not back on as a guest again. If they give you the stuff to share, 
share that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if they don't ask for it. Yeah. Hey, can I get the link, the pre-links, the thumbnails, whatever? I want to share this with my audience as well. You are being an effective netizen. Yeah, that's really what it's all about. All of this really comes down to, I think, like three main things, right? You want to make it as easy as humanly possible for the host and for their audience. So the entire process should feel like you are doing them a huge favor. You want it to be as professional as possible. And by that, I don't mean like staunch, you know, super professionalism. I mean, you want the quality of what you are offering them to match or exceed what they have currently on their show. And you want it to be as helpful and relevant as possible to their audience, right? So if you've checked those three boxes, there's no way that you get turned down as a guest. If you have made that process as seamless as possible, you show up delivering high level quality and it's helpful and relevant for the end user, you win. You win every single time and the experience is both beneficial for you and for someone else. It is all of those points in between where you stumble over what your value is, or you start to doubt yourself, or you're like, well, what is it that you're looking for? Like, Know what shows you're trying to get on, know what they are looking for, because you've watched the episodes, you've engaged with their communities, you've listened to their podcast episodes, and deliver it to them. They may come back to you and say, Oh, that, you know, that's a really great idea, but I'm actually, you know, actually have that already. What about these other ideas? Like you can be flexible, but don't pitch someone without having a really good understanding of what value you can bring to them and with some ideas and suggestions. You know, here's what I want to bring to you. Here, here is what I can talk about. Here's the value that I can bring for your end users. Very much so. You know, it's funny. Um, I was just thinking real quick that there's always these random obstacles that we tend to put ourselves in. Mm -hmm. And one of them is like, oh, but I really don't want to know if I'm ready to be a guest yet because I'm going to be nervous. There are professional actors who run massive shows that are nervous for every single thing they do. Like they just, they don't ever get rid of it because yeah. they were, they were mistrained. If I trained them, they wouldn't have such <laughs> You want an you want a level of energy though. You want like some nerves because you need that. Yeah, but I'm just saying, don't let that don't let that be the breaks, yeah. right? I just want to say there because there's people out there who have this. I think Michelle Obama famously stated that she's nervous for every single interview. You would never know that because once she gets started, she comes out there and she just you know everybody's friend. Right. But you're not alone. Okay. So don't let that be a crutch. I know people who are afraid to fly, but have to fly for their business. Right. There are people who like, when you get up in the morning, the quote unquote, I'm not a morning person. They still got to get up and go to work every day. Yeah. So sure do. there's other things <laughs> in your life that you power through, even though you claim to be not that right. Yeah. That this whole misconception of, I can't learn because I'm a visual learner debunked people 180 percent debunked stop saying that crap anyway say you still believe that because you're hard-headed it's okay like you got to do it anyway so don't let that stuff stop you or hold you back because no one can fix that for you you're the only one that can fix that and i've had guests that come on that feel uncomfortable at first but thanks to you guys you let them shine and then at the end, you would think they've been doing this forever. So there's nothing wrong with the nervousness feeling. There's nothing wrong with feeling like I'm going to suck at this. And there's nothing wrong with something bad might happen because yeah, things it's live, right? Life happens. Just please put yourself out there and 
Know that by you hiding behind those feelings, you're being selfish to the people that need to hear what you got to say. Yeah, 100%. That's it. We can't say anything better than that. <laughs> so, so let us wrap and go into questions. Yeah, do we have any more ducks? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I just want to say thank you, guys. This has been super amazing. And thank you to the community for asking for this because it is definitely something that we should touch on. And I think that there's a lot out there for you guys. Like who knew the celebrity that Tati was? And now she just be on all kinds of shows. She just be popping up and everybody's like, Hey, we want to have Tati on the show again. Right? Like I didn't Fujins want to like move her into the extra room. So like, you never know, right? Hiding behind these things or not being thinking that you're ready. Somebody would drag you onto the dance floor and we know what happens. Tati, after you get on the dance floor, you can't get her off the damn dance floor. Now nah, she's on the dance floor and she out here doing her thing. Just keep that as a lesson in the back of your head and know that you can do this. And we love you and we appreciate you. And we couldn't have done this show without questions like that from you guys. So please send us those questions. You can reach us at flow at ecam.com. Uh, that's a great way you can reach us on the socials. You can get this podcast if you haven't already subscribed. You can subscribe at flow.ecam.com or any of the places that your podcast get in this guy. And the thing that makes the flow flow is we use an application known as Descript. Some people say Descript because you're taking the script apart, whatever. You can say whatever you want. They don't care how you pronounce it. They just want you to use it. And we can tell you it is hands down the business. It will make your job so much easier because it will take your show and converting it into a word-like document. And if you're able to edit a text document, you can edit your show. We use it as a way to get our show together, get out the transcripts. Transcripts help you with your SEO. Going back to like last week's show. Yeah, two, two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago. Yeah. I told you I don't know what time it is. <laughs> uh, yes, check check out the script. Is that Descript.com? Just tell them the Ecamm fam sent you. And we do have, if you are an Ecamm user, we have discounts on the Ecamm's Perks page. So make sure you get that and you knock that out. Woo. Thank you, guys. This has been epic. Uh, next week, we will have a guest uh, practitioner uh, right now. We have Jared Spink, and we'll see if uh, Dana joins him or not. We're waiting for a message back from her, but she is somewhere yelling at people about dark chocolate. <laughs> we will see you in two weeks and hope you tune in next week for our awesome guest show. Calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again. It's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. 
reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course, your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this.